All right, hello everybody. It is me, Daniel D, with A Ghost in the Machine, the podcast. And um, this one, I'm not going to do a reading of anything. I'm just going to kind of talk, ramble, riff, whatever. The subject is climate change, or the climate apocalypse, or the climate emergency, or the climate crisis, right? Like, whatever the buzzword is now. And uh, so I'm going to release this, I guess, uh, Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. Um, Anyway, as... This past week, I kind of got into it in the threads or whatever, the, the notes. That's what Substack calls their version of Twitter. Notes. Sorry, I got mixed up. I haven't been on threads, don't have any interest in it. I guess that's uh, Mark Zuckerberg's answer to Twitter. Whatever. Fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Fuck Facebook, Instagram. Have no interest in those platforms. Definitely not going to try threads. Anyway, back on track. In notes, Substack notes, I got into it with this uh, environmentalist. I mean, not much, you know, but I I got kind of snarky because, I mean, I can, you know, have a good faith debate or discussion about a lot of things, but there's certain topics. So I'm just like, this doesn't even deserve any of my, you know, attention to formulate an argument because the whole thing's absurd. It just deserves scorn and mockery and ridicule and snarky you know, snide responses, right? So, and then the reason for that is, I'm, I was born at the tail end of Gen X. So, late 70s. Um, my whole life, there has been some kind of apocalypse that's just about to happen if we don't drastically cut emissions and change how we live and, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, or whatever the buzzwords are, right? There's always something. It's going to end life as we know it. Millions, billions will die, right? Unless we act. And of course, when we act, you know, there's a, it always raises the price of everything, makes things work less efficiently and all that. And, you know, that arguably leads to more deaths than just letting things kind of, you know, run their course. Especially because these predictions never come to pass, right? So as I said, I'm born at the tail end of Gen X. My whole life, there has been some kind of emergency that we need to drastically, you know, implement new measures to to avert this crisis. So when I was in elementary school, it was the ozone layer. So if you were going to elementary school in the 80s, chances are you had some environmentally conscious teacher who taught the class about we got to stop using aerosols. Make sure you tell your parents, you know, if they use hairspray to get the, the kind that doesn't have the aerosol, the that actually is like a, a manually pump it, you know, because the aerosol is going to destroy the environment. There's this huge hole in the ozone. This hole in the ozone is like the size of Texas. And you know how big Texas is, right? So that imagine how whole, big that hole in the ozone is. And, and that ozone protects us. And you know, with this huge hole in the ozone, the sun, oh my God, the sun is going to kill us all because the ozone is not there to protect us. And why is it not there to protect us? Because people use it hairspray and, and spray paint or whatever, right? It's you know going to destroy the earth. So we got to right now make sure we, we tell our parents, don't ever use aerosol because... You know, the CFCs are destroying the ozone, right? That was a thing then. So, and before that, and before my time, I guess the first Earth Day was in 1970. And then they were talking about global cooling, right? We're going to have another ice age. We got to change everything now. And then, after uh, the whole ozone, it was like, oh, the greenhouse gases, just a, you know, global warming. The Earth's going to fry, right? And that was in the 90s. And, 
you know, of course, Al Gore had his movie, you know, where he's like, we've been tracking the temperature since, uh, you know, for billions of years now. This is the hottest it's ever been. It's going to just keep getting hotter because, you know, so I got to fly around on my private jet all around the world telling everybody about this, you know. I mean, I know that my private jet that I'm flying on all over to all these conferences with all these other rich people who are also flying their private jets, I know that we're releasing a lot of emissions, but it's for a cause, right? We have a special dispensation to do it because we are the anointed, the chosen ones to spread this message. So, you know, we got to get together at these conferences and decide how much you little people are going to give up and sacrifice of your lifestyles because we got to save the climate, right? So anyway, global warming, and I, I guess... You know, maybe the temperatures just weren't rising fast enough for them to show, oh, there's definitely, you know, humans are causing global warming and it's going to, you know, whatever. We're going to turn into the planet Venus here in like a couple of generations if we don't do so. You know, that wasn't coming to pass. So then they're like, climate change. So now it's like, whatever happens, climate change. If it gets hotter this year than it was last year, oh, it's climate change. The climate just changed. It got hotter. Oh, it got cold. You know, after last year's hotter temperatures, then it got cold again. Oh my gosh, well, the temperatures dropped because the climate's changing. That's just further proof. Like, unless you live in, I guess, San Diego, where it's like always in the 70s year-round, right? And I guess the climate's always going to be changing one year to the next. And so, you know, maybe you have a uh, warmer spring or a cooler spring or... The groundhog doesn't see a shadow and it's winter an extra few weeks. And oh my God, see, the climate just changed again. So it's like there's now it's this non-falsifiable climate change. But that's not even enough. Climate change is now a climate emergency, a climate crisis, right? And then you even get this whole, the buzzwords with um, climate justice, right? Everything's about justice, which is another aspect of this stuff. These people that are so concerned about climate change, climate crisis, climate emergency, we need climate justice. They're the same people that are behind all these other social justice campaigns, you know, that care about Black Lives Matter. You know, we got to burn down all the cities. Now, that's not going to contribute to global warming at all or climate change, all that smoke from all those buildings that are getting burned to the ground. We got to, you know, burn down the, the mom and pop stores of these downtown areas to, you know, protest this genocide that's happening against black people by the police just going around killing unarmed black people for no reason um you know oh wait a minute that's not happening there's actually more white people getting killed by police than black people and there's really not that many when you anyway but it's the same people you know that that are behind all these different causes behind that we got to mask up we got to flatten the curve or we got to stay with ukraine no no amount of money or weapons is too high right all those munitions going off in Ukraine, all these these missiles and mines and bombs, you know, blowing up in Ukraine, bridges being blown up, Nord Stream pipelines being blown up. Somehow, the people that are behind climate change or or the fight against climate change, climate crisis, are also behind sending all this weaponry to Ukraine and backing them up with whatever they do. Like, we got to prolong this war as long as possible. Stand with Ukraine. All these bombs going off in Ukraine, that's not contributing to this so-called climate crisis, apocalypse, whatever. But why is it the same people are, you know, they have the, you know, they're all, um, they were all gung-ho about COVID. They're all gung-ho about Black Lives Matter. They're all gung-ho about this climate crisis. They're all gung-ho about standing with Ukraine. Um, they're all gung-ho about the rainbow pride bullshit. I mean, it's like, then you realize, oh, this is, these are all heads 
of the same hydra. These are all puppets, you know, with different arms of the same demon, you know, whatever, right? So, anyway, um, I saw this person on uh, Substack Notes said, uh, this is Emily Atkin, and she writes a whole, has a whole thousands of subscribers. Now see, orange check marks, and I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm hating a little bit because I don't have a check mark yet, but, you know, orange check marks are usually pretty based. I mean, I, I, I don't know. There's some that are crazy, some that are good. Purple check marks are the ones with the, with a couple of exceptions like Matt Taibbi and uh, the, most of the purple check marks. So if they got a purple check mark, they're like, it, you might as well have chat GPT writing, whatever it is that they say. It's just the, all the, the talking points for the latest loony leftist cause, right? Orange check marks are a little better, but this one is an orange check mark. And it's just like, I mean, I, I don't know why, what she's done wrong to not have a purple check mark. Cause she's saying all the right things for the loony leftist causes, you know, anyway, Emily Atkins, she writes a thing called, uh, heated heated is the name of her whole thing editor-in-chief at heated a newsletter for people who are pissed off about the climate crisis that's the you know little thing anyway so she writes a newsletter for people who are pissed off about the climate crisis you know so uh, anyway this was her note she said we can learn a lot about a society from who it chooses to jail during a planetary emergency and who it allows to walk free for example last month and then um the headline for this article that she's sharing is who gets arrested for climate crimes. So anyway, then she talks about climate criminals. I like it. So anyway, it was one of those things I was in kind of a foul mood. I saw that and I was just like, I can't treat, treat this seriously. So I say something snarky to her about, uh, you know, climate crimes, violent crime rates are rising across America, but let's focus instead on crimes committed by the weather. Maybe even have another destination climate change conference in scenic Switzerland to which all the elites can fly by private jet to decide how much more we regular people should sacrifice to make sure the sea levels don't rise and flood their beachfront vacation homes. Clearly, no amount of hypocrisy or bullshittery is too much when there's a <gasps> planetary emergency. Dun, dun, dun. So anyway. Um, and then she said... Uh, have you ever, oh, because I said something about, um, oh, she, she said, the crime is 61 million in bribes, my guy, because some uh, Ohio politician was bribed by a utility company, which he went to jail. So I don't know what she's upset about, but anyway, so he went to jail for that. But she said, the crime is 61 million in bribes, my guy. So I said, okay, good. We're worried about bribery now. Any chance we'll see anyone get any prison time for the 10% for the big guy pay-for-play schemes America's first family has engaged in with the Chinese Communist Party or Ukraine's Banana Republic, which I realize is kind of unrelated. I'm changing the subject, and I know that I'm doing that, right? And she calls me out on it. Have you ever heard the phrase, what aboutism? But here's the thing. Yes, it is whataboutism. But I think that what a bit whataboutism is called for here. And that's what I say in the next thing. I say, sure. And when I'm being asked to care about a purported crisis that has been on the verge of causing humanity's imminent demise for decades with a trail of unfulfilled doomsday predictions going back to at least the early 70s, then I think it's appropriate to engage in some whataboutism by asking, what about all these other things causing real world, world harms that we are ignoring? You know, so anyway, that's that's my point. It's like, 
I, I can't take this seriously. Is it right? It's like Chicken Little has been saying the sky is falling now since 1970, at least, right? We're not, it's 2023. So if you were born in 1970, you're 53 years old, your whole life, you know, Chicken Little has been saying, the sky's falling any day now. I mean, you know, first it was like, there's going to be ice falling from the sky. Then it was like, oh, okay, there's no ice, but there's going to be fire falling from the sky. Then there's whatever, right? The sky is falling for 57 years or I can't do math. 53 years. Yeah. Anyway, 53 years. It hasn't happened yet. And then Chicken Little in the meantime has, you know, all these harebrained projects that have cost a shit ton of money and have a poor track record of getting any results right um you know and then oh it just so happens that chicken little's friends you know are in these green energy sectors who get all this money from the government and never produce anything that is financially feasible economically viable whatever right and then you start to wonder well okay chicken little you've been saying the sky's falling all this time demanding these drastic actions these big government um, you know, bureaucracies be established to manage this sector of the economy to prevent the sky from falling. It hasn't fallen yet. Uh, so far, there's just been all this waste, all this inefficiency, you know, all this money getting flushed down the drain for some crisis that still hasn't happened. You know, when you start, and the thing is, is like they they respond. By just escalating their language, right? So it goes from climate, you know, global warming to like climate change. The whole climate's gonna change. Oh my gosh, you know, to like a climate crisis, climate emergency, climate apocalypse, right? It's like they just escalate their rhetoric, and in the meantime, you know, they, everything just costs more, right? So like, I got a, a new refrigerator not long ago, well, a couple of years ago. And hung on to the old refrigerator, which was decades old. And I'm glad I did. Because that new refrigerator had all kinds of problems with it. I got the extended warranty, which I'm glad I did. Because the thing just didn't work. And, you know, they finally got it switched out for another one that, you know, so far hasn't had problems. But the repair techs, you know, when they came out, would say, like, yeah, a lot of these new things, they just don't work very well because... Why? They got to be so energy efficient. And so they sacrifice functionality, durability, the thing actually working reliably and doing what it's supposed to do so they can get these results, you know, these benchmarks. Like, oh, it's, it's so energy efficient. But it doesn't really work. Not as well as the old one, which decades old, still works. Glad I hung on to it. Anyway, I say all that just to say... Whataboutism is appropriate when you're dealing with somebody who's screaming about the sky falling again for like the 10th, you know, well, my math is really off today. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. Now we're in the 2020s. So like, right, this is the seventh, no, sixth. Dang, my, my math really sucks right now. Um, anyway, I swear I haven't had anything to drink either. Uh, or maybe I have. Maybe that's why my math is off. But anyway. Getting back on track. We're in the sixth decade of these, you know, like, oh my God, the sky is falling, right? We got to do something. And it's like everything they just keep pushing for more, more, you know, right? And they're not happy with nuclear either, right? It's like they're not happy with gas or fossil fuels, right? 
It's, oh my gosh, we, the fossils are like endangered, right? There's endangered dead species. There's not any of them left. And so if we, if we you know, burn all the fossils, there we won't have any. And oh my gosh, it's going to... Well, anyway, I don't know why they're worried about that, right? If they don't like fossil fuels, then what would be the best way to stop using fossil fuels, fuels would be to run out, right? So, yeah, go ahead, run out. Or, you know, use as much as you want, and then when you run out, you run out, right? But that's not it. We're going to run out of fossil fuels. we got to stop using them now. But, you know, whatever. They hate fossil fuels, but for some reason they don't want us to run out of fossil fuels. Anyway, but they also don't want us to use nuclear, which is pretty clean, right? Because I guess nuclear, it's like, oh my gosh, dude, you know, nuclear, that, that sounds like something that goes in a bomb and a weapon. That's like a weapon. You're going to build a weapon to like power cities. Oh my God, we can't do that either, right? So what are we going to do? We're going to wait on the wind to blow and the sun to shine and hope that that powers the grid long enough. And of course, there's rolling blackouts in a lot of these places that never had rolling blackouts before why because they're trying to go green and of course you know if there's blackouts uh i mean during really hot months or really cold months people can uh die because our modern homes aren't really designed for you know summer heat with no air conditioning or winter cold with no central heat right so Anyway, it's like they, to prevent the sky from falling and killing a bunch of people, they're going to like destroy the energy sector and kill a bunch of people, basically, is like how it works. But anyway, so yeah, just kind of go on this rant for a minute. Um, I wanted to find, there was a speech that Michael Crichton had given about how this is a religion, which it basically is, and uh and I had it in my book, and then as I got excited making one of these points, I dropped the book and lost my place, but I found it again. This is from Jesse Kelly's anti The Anti-Communist Manifesto, which is really good, uh, but in from his chapter on climate communism, green on the outside, red on the inside, he has this excerpt from a speech that Michael Crichton gave in 2003 to the Commonwealth Club in San Francisco, in which he explained how environmentalism has replaced traditional Western religion. So here's the excerpt from the speech. Why do I say it's a religion? Well, just look at the beliefs. If you look carefully, you can see that environmentalism is, in fact, a perfect 21st century remapping of traditional Judeo-Christian beliefs and myths. There's an initial Eden, a paradise, a state of grace and unity with nature. There's a fall from grace into a state of pollution as a result of eating from the tree of knowledge. And as a result of our actions, there's a judgment day coming for us all. We are all enemy sinners. I'm sorry, we are all energy sinners doomed to die unless we seek salvation, which is now called sustainability. Sustainability is salvation in the church of the environment, just as organic food is its communion, that pesticide-free wafer that the right people with the right beliefs imbibe. So, and it basically is, and, and that's why, just similar to, you know, okay, so Christianity, I'll sometimes say, yeah, I have no idea when the world's going to end. I have no idea how literally or figuratively to take the book of Revelations. You know, sometimes I'll say things are getting crazy and seem to be building up to some kind of climax. There does seem to be a lot of evil in the world. So maybe I engage in a little bit of this myself now. I don't think I have my whole life, you know. Um, but the environmental movement has, you know, since 1970, you know, been like... So... People, the same people who are quick to point out when fundamentalist Christians do this will themselves do this about the environment, 
you know, climate change or whatever, right? So, you know, like in the 70s, you had a, a best-selling book, The Late Great Planet Earth. Well, it wasn't about the environment or climate change. It was like a Christian fundamentalist book, right? But people can point out like, oh, see, these Christian fundamentalists who say, the, I think this guy had worked out based on all these biblical prophecies and, you know, some timeline that he worked out from the Bible. It's like, okay, this is the year it's going to end. You know, Jesus coming back. The world is going to end. It didn't happen on his timeline. So then he wrote another book, right? People can see that. And they, oh, yeah, that's kind of absurd, right? That you're constantly revising. You say the world's going to end by this date, you know, and then it doesn't happen. And then you extend it a little bit. Okay, because I think the he, the date was like in the late 80s. It was like the world's going to end. And then it didn't happen. And it was like, all right. Uh, like I think there was 88, a, a book also was like 88 reasons why the rapture would happen in 1988. Anyway, right. But people see it th there. It's like, oh yeah, those, those fundamentalist Christians are wacko for, you know, having a day. You know, of course the Bible would say, I mean, Jesus says, you know, no man knows the hour, you know, not even the son, but the father. Yeah. I don't know how, how that works, but basically Jesus is like, nobody really knows. <laughs> not even him, you know, God, the father knows. So anyway. Um, but you know, people will see it in a religious context and say, that's crazy. Why are they giving these predictions for like the world's going to end and then it doesn't happen. And then rather than saying, man, we were mistaken about our, our methods for figuring out how the, what, when the world is going to end, they just doubled down. It was like, all right, well, the world's still going to end. It's just, maybe I was off by a year, you know, and then it doesn't end. And then they're like, all right, well, maybe I was off by six months there, you know, but with the environment, the environmentalists, because they don't label it a religion, even though it behaves like one they get away with it and people don't call them out on it well people on the right call them out but people on the left the same people that would like say oh that's crazy you know and now i can't remember who wrote that book the late great planet earth right but they would look at that and say it's crazy but yet they do the same thing and they expect us to take it seriously and so all i'm saying is it's all a scam you know everything costs way more than it should we're having energy shortages which we never used to have in the west and there's no reason to have in america i mean texas having rolling blackouts like texas has all this abundant energy we in the united states has all this abundant energy i mean under trump we were a net exporter of oil right and all of a sudden we, we like got fuel shortages and energy shortages rolling blackouts so anyway and they want more of that they're like we haven't gone far enough we need you know to get completely off fossil fuels. We need to just rely on the wind and the, and the solar. It's like, oh, like they did in the 1400s, you know, when they just had sailboats and windmills and, you know, they're like, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> it's like, all right. You know what? I, I mean, and the thing is too, is again, it's like it never applies to them. Like Barack Obama, you know, one of the ones is like so concerned about this climate crisis, you know, climate change, the rising sea levels. And it's like, and he buys beachfront mansions. So he's obviously not that worried about it, at least not in the short term. It's like, oh my God, you know, anyway. And so, yeah. And Richard Jenny, by the way, if you haven't listened to Richard Jenny, he's the best, most underrated comedian uh, you know, Joe Rogan agrees with me on this. So, you know, I know I'm not anybody when it comes to comedy, you know, so what's my opinion worth, but Joe Rogan, right. If you like him, he's, he's, he also said Richard Jenny, best comic ever. He had his, uh, special, uh, big steaming pile of me in which he, he has the best bit about this. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, you know, where he talks about <laughs> the hypocrisy of some of these, you know, 
limousine liberals, you know, who fly around the world, you know, in their private jets to these energy conference, you know, conferences on energy conservation, you know. Uh, anyway, he says it much, but I'm not going to try to do his bit because I would totally butcher it. So I'll just put a link to it in the show notes. I also put a link to the Tonic 7, uh, which I'm a part of somehow. All those guys are way smarter than me, so I don't know how I've got into this. But I'm one-seventh of this Tonic group, even though I'm the least Tonic of them all. But they talked about climate change. I believe that was in the first episode we did. Um, So anyway, I'll put a link to that or embed it in the show notes. Now, if you're listening to this on a podcast streaming app or platform or whatever... Uh, some of this stuff won't show up or format correctly. So, you know, maybe the, you'll see a link, but you wouldn't see an embedded video. But I'm going to put a link to the actual post on Substack on a ghost in the machine.substack.com. Uh, you can also go to a ghost in the machine page and a uh, custom link, you know. Uh, somehow it hasn't helped me out with Twitter because Twitter throttles all Substack links uh, somehow. Having that I go to the machine dot page, yeah, you know, that redirects to my Substack hasn't helped. But anyway, uh, if you go to the Substack uh, post where this podcast is going to be embedded, uh, all this other stuff will be there. So if you don't see it, if you're listening to it on a podcast platform, streaming app like Spotify or uh, iHeartRadio or whatever, um, you know, go to the actual Substack app. And you can find the embedded YouTube video for the Tonic 7's discussion on climate change. You know, I mean, I, I have my two cents, but I'll, those guys, like I said, they're way smarter than me. So their stuff is more interesting. So the, the whole conversation is good. And then um, also embed the Richard Jenny bit uh, from uh, a track from Big Steaming Pile of Me, which is excellent. They don't make stand-up comedians like him anymore. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's what I was going to say about... This whole thing with climate change is it's all a scam. It doesn't deserve serious attention at all. It doesn't deserve you, you know, wasting your time. I mean, except that these are some influential people, rich people who tend to like this stuff. Of course, because they're the ones that can afford to pay for all the BS, you know, the, the extra costs that are imposed on everybody. So, of course, they don't care. But, um, yeah, anyway. It's all bullshit. Don't don't believe you know, and let your let your representative, elected official, whoever know. Call your congressman. Um, maybe I'll put a link to that because there's a way you can contact your uh, elected officials and let them know. Yeah, climate change is bullshit. Now I live in a red state, so fortunately, my uh, you know elected officials know that climate change is bullshit. They haven't figured out that the whole Ukraine thing is bullshit. Um, you know. I sent an email to one of my elected representatives. I live in the great state of Alabama. Good old Tommy Tuberville. Uh, I sent him a thing about Ukraine and why I was a crock of shit and why we shouldn't send any money there. And he sent me this thing back, like it, well, or one of his staffers did. And it didn't even read what I said. It was like, oh, thank you for contacting the you know, Senator Tuberville. As you know, he is very committed to America's defense. That's why he is funding Ukraine and, you know, giving them as much money as they need to fight the Russians. And I'm like, that's not what the fuck I was saying. I was saying he shouldn't do that. Why are you telling me that, like, anyway, Tommy Tuberville. He's probably like, uh, well, he's, he's all right. He's done some good things. Um, but anyway, climate change, he, at least he's based on that as 
are my other elected officials in Alabama. Now, if you live in a state that's kind of on the edge, they're purple, like Texas is becoming. You got to contact your elected officials, elected officials, and let them know climate change is bullshit. Uh, so anyway, all right. Well, this is Daniel D with the Ghost in the Machine, the podcast, and the Substack. So subscribe on the Substack if you're listening to this on a podcast app, which Actually, that's how I listen to podcasts because it's just easier. But uh, if you are, go to my Substack and subscribe there so you get new uh, material that I write or whatever release emailed to you at a ghostinthemachine.substack.com. I'm going to release this on Sunday, July 23rd, 2023. Till next time, hasta luego, y'all.